in the words of NWA, 100 miles and running. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to episode 173 of Batman Chronicles, the second of our special holiday edition here in 2023. I'm Pete, and I'm here with my buddy Rob, and we are just a couple of dads on the journey with you to health, fitness, weight loss, and a better life. How you doing, bud? Very good. Yourself, man? You know, the holiday season is upon us, so busy, busy, busy. Me too. We had that, you know, box of chocolates given to us by the bank, that one pounder that was open last night and finished this morning. So, I mean, <laughs> somebody's got to do it, right? We've got a list. we gotta got to get through it. That's right. You got that breakfast. But the reason that we wanted to talk here is because last we left you, you had attempted the Rim to River 100 in 2022. And failed. I wouldn't say failed. You made it 58 miles. And I got to do those last eight miles with you. It was the quietest I've ever heard Rob Bozovich by far. (laughs) Sorry. Or you're welcome. (laughs) Well, that's when I knew we were in trouble. It's when you stopped talking (laughs) that we had a problem. (laughs) At at one point when I was moving a couple of houses ago, my friends were helping and they said, you know, Rob's tired. Because even his long stories were short. So. <laughs> uh, but we have to get an update because you went back there in 2023. Yes. And I was supposed to join you. Yes. But something came up with my family. My daughter, Lily, decided that that was the weekend that she was going to get baptized in her church. And kids take priority. Family always takes priority. Yes, sir. Not that I don't consider you near family, but, you know, not blood. So Truth. Uh, so you and I have always talked about this, how family comes first. So as much yep. as it's, I wanted to be in two places at once, I had to bag off. But you had a lot of support there, which was yes, great. Sir. And I didn't sleep out of solidarity. <laughs> Watching along as best I could, since there's not tracking there, I'm bugging people with text messages and such. But uh, right, we had to and, get and less tracking than last year because last year when you were there, they gave us that tracker that didn't work. Uh, so this year they just dispersed with that, and it was literally just relying on text messages from anybody who happened to be around when they had service, which was very sparse. Yeah, exactly. It's it's tough out there in those canyons and undulations. So. We had to invite you back, though, because we had to understand what happened in 2023. Besides me not being there, what else happened during that race? So we had to get a full recap. Got it. So the question for you and how and I'm working on my storytelling skills to, you know, be condensed and not give all the details <laughs> that people don't care about. So do you want to hear? Uh, I, I was going to say I could either go through 2023 up to and through the race and how I was training for it like I did with last recap or we could just dive right into the race and then um, as we're going through it I could you know say well in my training I did this as well and you know backtrack with just a sentence or two so I think think that might be to keep it concise yeah I think that's a good way to do it plus you can kind of highlight the differences or at least what you felt were the key differences between 2022 and 2023 uh, as you went into the attempt. Right. Sounds good. All right, man. Take it away. Uh, well, let's see. Once upon a time in a land far, far away. Uh, West Virginia. No. So, what? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. In West Virginia, I heard banjos, so I decided to go for a run. Um, no. So, I guess start with not real far before the race, but the starting, the differences between the races starts even with... 
um, eight, yeah, um, eight station drop bags and, and packing for it. Weird place to start, I know. But so last year, and I don't need to recap everything I was talking about uh, from last year. We I, I had this and this and A and B and C, and, and I had this all these convoluted ideas. And I guess I, after two years of trying and several other races, I was more sure of myself and what I was going to do um, and, you know, not caring who thought what. Like, it's going to be my race. I'm doing what I'm going to do. And I say that, like, um, last year I had the – when I say they, they allow for drop bags, you hit the drop the same as this year, that you have three aid stations that you hit twice out and back and um your crew can be at them and also i had so i had the the bags packed which were the little when i say like one foot by one foot cinch strings like people you see kids carrying to the gym that it fits like if you put a pair of shoes and some clothes in it that's about it because they have a lot of stuff that they're transporting for everybody so i was trying to be very careful in what i packed but last year those bags were stuffed full and I had given you to keep in the car a the blue bin. The blue bin was Pete, what, three feet by two feet? But and it had when I say everything under the sun, like contingency after contingency, like extra clothes, the the I'm gonna call it the Theragun, but whatever, the the little massage gun, foam roller. It, it had tons and tons and tons of stuff in it, right? So first off, packing was significantly decreased. I I had um all of my drop bags like last year was it's stuff full this year there was space to spare in them uh second is the big blue bin got condensed down to a one foot by one foot by one foot like those little cloth cubes you'd put in like a kid's little room like to organize shelves or so forth um but and it was very it wasn't like 92 different just in cases it was i'm going to use this at this specific place this specific place and so forth um the only thing is i did have a couple of changes of uh, shoes not sure if i was going to use them or not because the, another difference from last year but in the preparation i um last year i we talked if we talk shoes i love ultras and i had I ran in ultra olympuses and i had two pairs broke them in etc and i was gonna and there was a little bit of rain last year so i did change my shoes so this year i was running all year in uh, another set of ultras but they were road shoes and i was running road shoes on trails because the trails as i i had said or from my perspective weren't that technical to where i needed per se the extra grip and traction i didn't think i would most of that time and in my i'll talk in the race back to my training about how that played out as well um so i did have multiple pairs of shoes just in case it happened to rain on race day but looking at the forecast and getting into it the race this year was forecasting for what i had hoped uh last year's race would have been and for those who haven't listened to last year's like i'm more i don't like being cold but i'm a better cold weather runner i do not do well when i'm hot and overheat and that would cause me some issues last year so this race historically has lows at night below freezing and then during the day, you know, 40s to 50s or so. Last year, the race was in the, you know, 60s to 80 degrees and did not do well for me. So this year, no, not necessarily saying spoiler, the weather did not change. It was perfectly as forecasted and it was lows well below freezing, like in the high 20s and highs in the um you know i'm gonna say maybe high 40s low 50s type of deal right where it was supposed to be and, and i know i thought i knew and or i thought i did well knowing how to run in that um so well, when everything in our was discussions like leading up to the race you basically described that day's weather as your ideal perfect yes it, yeah it could not have i i had said I, you said ideal yes and i said if if this is exactly what i want if this doesn't work, then I don't know what I want. Like I could not have uh, composed a better day if I had tried. Yeah. So basically so, what you were trying to think of like before the race were the variable factors that you can't control. If they're X, then I, yes. I, I feel like I'm, I've got a good shot or that's where I need it to be. Yes. Yep. So then uh, similar to last year, uh, we, we went to similar but different. Uh, Ryan was not – last year, Ryan and I took off because he was running it with me. We're doing it together. We left. We went and picked up care and drove down, blah, blah, blah. My wife took our kids 
to family and then met us uh, later. Um, so this year, Ryan was still going to pace me, but he had something else he was going to do. And since he wasn't going to pace until, you know, what, 12, 18 hours into the race, he wasn't driving down with us. He was just basically going to drive down race day. Uh, so my wife and I took the kids to family, dropped them off, and then drove down. It was it was a beat-the-clock scenario. Like, I had actually was texting somebody that was there because I didn't know if I was going to make it for uh, drop-bag pick-off. I drop-bag drop-off and, uh, you know, bib pickup. But I, I made it with about 10 minutes to spare on Friday night. Uh, they were doing the race meeting. Uh, a little better than it was last year, as in they moved into the upper part, that uh, you know, instead of that lower bar section. So, but there were more, a lot more people there, so it was still crowded. I couldn't hear much, um, so we did just leave because we couldn't hear. My wife and I went and had uh, had a dinner, checked in the hotel, and you know, I say I was off and ready, and went to sleep. Woke up and and started getting ready for the race. Now. Um, the differences, I should say, like from last year, uh, last year was much warmer. So I had like gear check A, gear you know, gear check A, gear check B. What do I do? How's it going to play out? This time was just very much what was, I don't want to say in my wheelhouse. I knew it was cold and I know I can wear uh, this, these clothes and these layers and I could take them off through the way. And then that's another theme. I'll just say that real quickly. One of the things I found through training for the year in, and what kind of it was a problem I had last year was chafing. When I run, I sweat. When I sweat, I sweat a lot. And when I sweat a lot, my clothes obviously get very damp, which when you're running, it's fine. But as soon as you start to slow down in the cold, you get cold real quick. Also, that causes chafing for me. So regardless of what anybody else, and this goes back to the, I don't care, I'm running my race, what other people thought, I knew I was going to start with clothing set A. I knew at seven miles in at the drop back, I was changing clothes completely. I knew I was going to most likely change clothes completely again at, at every aid station that had um, my drop bags. And I was going to keep socks with me so that way to try to prevent my uh, feet from blistering, which was an issue that I had had last year and just kind of a little bit ongoing through the year as well. So um, race. One of the other things I said I was going to do last year that I didn't, uh, I said I was going to start right at the back, and last year got kind of got caught up in it. And I tell the story like you and I in the Portage Online before the race, we met the guy Keith, who that was like his hundred and fourth or hundred and tenth one hundred miler. And something that later, looking back on it, you realize you you're in trouble when the guy who's completed over a hundred of them is behind you when you're going up the first hill. Probably means you're going too quick. So I started. Uh, you know, DFL. I went all the way to the back and uh, that intentionally and sort of put me because at first three miles, maybe five, four miles, you're on their property, but it's kind of single track and it's you start in the dark with a headlight on. So you're kind of in the, the conga line following people as you go through the whole time. And that really um, is what I said I was going to do last year and I, and I didn't. And I'm going to just talk briefly last year, but then this year and the first 7, 10, 15 miles of this race. If you remember last year, and those don't, um, I was running okay, but I, I took a fall at about, about mile two, and it kind of hurt my leg a little bit. And then I started having some stomach issues that I did not tell anyone, Peter, Karen, or wife, or anyone about last year at about mile three, and that lasted until about mile 17. So my entire training regiment this year sounds funny, I wanted to run this year the same paces that I ran last year, except last year I was forced to run them because I actually wanted to run faster, but I wasn't feeling good. Were my It was my target pace because it was actually a good pace, but I needed to be able to come out of mile 15, 20, 30, 50, um, feeling that I could continue to do that. So if you look at last year to this year, and I'm just going to pick a few, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to give too many numbers. Like mile one is uphill. Last year was 13. This year was 14. Last year, uh, last year mile four was uh, 1240. This year, mile four was 1230. Um, mile five, 317 last year. This year, 312. So I, I had spent the entire year this year, and now I was to talk a little bit about training, um, three parts just to get it out of the way or so in, in context last year I, I did i was following training plan with the exception that like 
it was supposed to be, let's say, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday run, and then a Saturday, Sunday, back long, you know, back to back long runs. So I did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and one of the ones in the weekend, but not the back to back long. And the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday runs were shorter in duration, let's say four miles, six miles, eight miles. This year, um, first off, we moved. Second is I had the uh, the girls, uh, you know, both my daughters, and you know, most of the time, so I had strollers and I had things I had to contend with. My son had gym class, so we had a lot of stuff going on that I was just trying to get my training in as much as possible. So this year's training was looked more like if it was three runs a week, or basically it was a run every other day, but instead of a three miler, or four miler, or six miler, it was in the realm of 10 miles or longer. So 10 to 14 miles every other day, generally either pushing a stroller or on trail, um, on, you know, cause I tried to get as much trail running in as possible. And every single run this year, not one of them that I, t- I mean, maybe I should have done speed work or more or whatever, but everything had some elevation or hills in it and everything was run walk. So every single run for the last year was very much run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit, walk a bit. And at, and I was, I just trained to target that, uh, you know, 11 to 14 minute pace. And it, through this year's race, whether it was uphill, downhill flats, I was very consistent in doing that. And it paid uh, great dividends. Uh, the second thing, and this is a, uh, you know, Karen, uh, friend of the show, Karen Clark and her husband, Lloyd, uh, they came down, both of them came down this year and Lloyd and, and Pete, you've talked a bunch about it, that like he is aid station, like ninja grandmaster. Like he is just on it. Okay. So I don't believe I saw them. They're trying to make the first aid station, which is Concho room at seven uh, miles, seven and a half. I did not see them uh, there, but I did see them when I say every other one. And so uh, my wife was there. She got my drop bag for me and um, two things. They had a portage on there. I was going to use it. And again, I was changing all my clothes because at this point we're I'm, I'm a couple hours into the race where it's daylight and the temperature has gone from what, 28 to maybe low 40s high 30s low 40s at this point so i'm doing an entire clothing change but i knew i wanted to get dry clothes but also still warm clothes because there's a little um climbing to come out of there then you drop all the way down by the river and you spend the next you know uh, i'm gonna say 20 miles doing an out and back section along the river where it's much cooler so it's good to have the clean clothes dry clothes etc and last year to this year so what i've not knowing exactly on my Garmin splits to see, because it's not like a triathlon where you can hit the watch and it tells you this is exactly how long you're at transition. I'm just taking the mileages before and after, uh, the mile where those aid stations should be. And between last year and this year, I have a cumulative between the, those two miles of 35 minutes and 35 minutes for uh, the mile of uh, two miles of running plus the, the, the clothing change. So I was exactly on the same uh, and I knew this was going to be one of my longer aid station stops. So, um, changed all my clothes, went to, you know, use the portage on and then headed back out and started, you know, run walking. And I said, that's mile seven. And I'm not going to see crew again until mile 20. Um, I had a couple of, uh, yeah, an extra shirt in case it was cold and my mittens. Cause I always carry those, uh, extra pair of socks. Cause we had a stream crossing. And if I got my feet wet, I wanted to get them changed. So, when I say nothing much uh, happens between miles, I'm going to say seven uh, and 17. It, it's just an out and back. My mileages, exactly as I was just telling you guys, are within 30 seconds to a minute of where my times were the year before. The difference being last year, 2022, I, I was sick, couldn't really eat much, wasn't feeling good. Uh, this time it was just, you know, grab food at the aid station, had the stuff in my bag, just keep moving um and my goal at later aid stations was to cut some time out which i which i did and we'll get there in just a minute um looking at my times nothing major except for i'm just gonna say uh the thurmond aid station mile 17 um i knocked a full eight minutes off between again two miles of running and the aid station stop and it was just being smarter getting in and out of the aid station plus um you know feeling better and knowing 
uh, you know, what I was going to need. Additionally, at this point, there was a little bit of preventative medicine at this aid station. I, as in, uh, again, Portage on, I jumped in there real quick. I had my body glide. I reapplied it in several key areas, um, you know, changed my shirt. I think I did. And then, you know, threw it back in the bag, filled my water bottles, grabbed food and was eating and running, um, to get out of there. So, uh, the next section last year, that is a nice, long i'm going to call it a rail trail although there's only a very small portion of the next 10 miles that is actual rail trail but it's more of an old rail line as in there's still some railroad ties and the metal uh the rails in, in, on there but i mean 40 50 years worth of overgrowth so it's you're, you're running on dirt not on the hard packed um last year i was doing some run walking there and i thought i was feeling better but overall my pacing here actually starts to get a little bit quicker and better. It just is a spot example. Mile 25 last year, I put down a solid 18-minute mile, and this year I did a 15-minute mile. Mile to, you know, 26, that's about where I'm now coming into that aid station. Um, and so and you were there last year, Pete, so you could interject how, if you want, how last year's aid station went. But I believe you had said I already looked or felt defeated uh, at this aid station last year. I sat down a little bit. I did some talking. I was it was hot. I was drenched with sweat. I was tired. I didn't know what to do. So this year, now I'm gonna say, I um, I still changed. When I say changed everything, I did not change my shorts, socks, or shoes. They actually, I think I believe I had the same set on. Socks and shoes didn't change at all the entire uh, the entire race um spoiler but not really that's just how that worked out my shorts didn't get changed until in the middle of the night uh and uh, i'll get there in a minute but uh maybe at the 50 but anyways um this aid station last year i had um 25 minutes in and out of this aid this aid station and this mile this year, my mile and aid station was 15. Lloyd time thing, I was in and out of that aid station three minutes. And that includes changing my shirt. Um, like I said, Lloyd, aid station ninja. They, I had already had a, purchased a second set of um, the body bottles, which are the water bottles that go up on your chest. So that way it was like NASCAR. I, I was coming in, pulling the empty ones out. We were dropping the new ones straight into the bag. They were filling my, the water bladder with either ice or water as I needed it. Uh, while I was changing my shirt three minutes in and out of this aid station, you know, they handed me my food and I, I didn't eat it there. I started, started walking up the hill because it's a long mile, mile and a half ascent out of that aid station. So yeah, I was just, I, I kind of feel bad, but I don't because it's exactly what I need. You feel bad. Hey, these people come all the way down here to help me and I'm rushing to get away from them. But that's Lloyd and Karen get that. And I think, I learned a lot from seeing that them their efficiency and Heather did as well to yeah. get me uh, I mean, I in spent, and out of that one. I spent the better part of the summer, you know, following Karen around races, um, and yep. Lloyd always there as her aid station guru. Uh, it's beyond <clears throat> captain. I mean, it's they're they've got it down to a science, and you were the recipient of that. And that's exactly it. If you yes. would have been there longer, that's what it would have upset them, right? Not upset them, yeah. but. They would have felt yeah. like they failed you had they not yeah. moved you in and out, especially Lloyd, the way that, I mean, he times everything, you know, when it's Karen, he was writing down in and outs. He's, he's <clears> got a list of things to, for each aid station. And I learned yeah. a lot from him and I was able to, if like, if he went out to pace her at these races, I was able to take over a lot of the duties. Like they were used to kind of preparing everything so that they would get into yeah. the aid station because nobody's there typically. Right. Right. Um, but I was there often and was able to learn and no, no, I got this done for you. Here it is. And, you know, they, yeah. yep. and I mean, it's amazing because I think that alone, I mean, it, we'll, we'll get to the, the keys of the differences at the end. But I mean, that definitely aid stations are a recurring theme of improvement, obviously. Already, yes. So, yes. And, and um, can aid stations improved which leads to consistency elsewhere. And so let me just jump or say or ramble. There's very, when things are going exactly as planned, there's no real good stories, right? So I, I was doing my run walk. I was doing my plan. People were catching me 
and passing me and it's fine like i'm trying not i'm not getting sucked into anyone's race so between this aid station and the next one is about uh 11 miles uh canard the long point aid station in there there's the the overlook which i told the story about almost falling off of last year and so i, I did get close enough to the edge had one somebody snap a photo and as i was walking away i texted the photo to everybody just to let them know so they knew where I was at because they could then because I had long point aid station. Then you go down the hill into Fayette, which is the next one where I'm going to see crew. So that, that's my update. They know where I'm at, how I'm doing. Well, last and year, too, you I stepped went, in that puddle there. Yes. And got feet wet and almost fell over right. the edge. That was that was terrifying. Um, so <laughs> that was not fun. I was not looking to repeat that. <laughs> uh, but so. When I say nothing of event and nothing of good story happens in that section, like last year, that's where I ran into the, the, the guy that I was then, he was the guy I was texting at the aid station checking. He came back, uh, Taylor, and he was there running. He had completed, shout out to Taylor, he completed the Mohican 100 earlier in the year, and he was running this one again to finish it with uh, a friend or somebody that maybe that paced him at Mohican, I think. So they were, he was there to, to complete it. Uh, this year and uh, didn't catch unless I catch him him and his friend were faster that's good for them and he wasn't dehydrated he's out ahead of me but no good stories this year um it's when I say consistency though this year uh I was within I'm gonna say five minutes of being at that overlook at the same point that I was uh last year and that like I said this year last year was by necessity I could not run I could not uh, you know, eat. I, uh, I, was, I guess I was eating fine, but like it was just a different year. It was hot, dehydrated, um, and this year it was very much a a plan because I knew I was, I just I was having a great day. I just knew, if, barring an injury, I was going to be, I was going to do better this year. Remind me again, what uh, mileage is that when you get to the overlook? About thirty six. Yeah, so I'd I mean, have to look. It could be plus or minus a half mile. I'm just looking at that quick little Garmin yeah. track to see it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, I guess I want to make the point that you're within five minutes at that point. But if you extrapolate within, that over the course of the race, that's a 15 minute, that's a 15 minute gap, right? If you were consistent yes. all the way through. Right. And I, I believe I Which was is 15 pretty big. faster. Now I say 15, because again, I have to, I did not pinpoint down to my Garmin. Sorry, but last year I was right at that spot at about 10 hours into the race and I can't get my Garmin to tell me specifically i'd have to go in and follow the data track which i'm not good that that good on this new laptop to figure that out sometime between nine and a half hours and nine hours and 50 minutes okay um i was at that point it was there this year so at were at best i was a now i say it this way i'm sorry looking at those times but i went to my actual the picture the time stamp on my pictures and that's how I know is within five minutes. So uh, that because the, your 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 uh, Apple phone puts that timestamp right on there. Yep. Now two things right here that I'm just going to stop. I'm going to interject, and that is last year as well, early in the season. And I told the story. I tried the Heiner um, 50k, and I ended up. Uh, hurting my knee that was in april so this year i went back to the heiner uh 50k in april and in uh karen was there as well and i did a little bit of running with karen maybe the first six miles and then we parted ways because karen was just ready to go faster and i was not this year at heiner again it was i was looking to do about nine hours at Heiner this year. And Karen's like, Oh, I think we could probably do eight. And she could and did do better than that, you know, but I was looking at just running my race at Heiner. And so I did complete the Heiner 50 K this year, which two things. One was it rained torrential downpours at Heiner, uh, which was, so my feet was, everything was wet the entire time. And I got pretty good blisters at Heiner. Um, and and I finished the Heiner at, you know, nine hours and 15 minutes. Now, granted, that course has, I'm looking at almost 6,600 feet of elevation across those 30 miles. I did not have that much elevation yet at this race. And so, hey, I'm 36 miles in faster than I was doing at Heiner. That was the plan was like, go do Heiner. I had another 50 miler that I'll talk about in a little bit that I did um, earlier or 
earlier, obviously, than this race, in the middle of summer, so to say, September. Um, but I was just working on dialing in that pacing, and again, right within five minutes of where I was uh, last year. So um, long point aid station, like I said, that's next. That's only about a mile, mile and a half from that overlook. And uh, again, just taking mile averages, I was uh, eight minutes faster in and out of the long point aid station um, between either running with that's fairly consistent more so just aid station time specifically um but then i made up two things the significant time coming into fayette station last because that's a long downhill that's what so at this point you come into fayette aid station it's mile 42 43 or so um and it's mile 42 as it's marked but my wash is getting a little wonky so it's mile 43 last year between the downhill the mile into the eight a downhill mile into the aid station and sitting at the aid station i had almost i had like 20 28 minutes or so in that this year again i was in and out that mile plus the aid station at in 19. so almost a full again eight minutes faster there and again lloyd's timing me it was like a three minute. He, he, I was pretty consistent at about three minutes is what Lloyd kept telling me. I was in and out of my aid stations, change my clothes, grab my headlamp, get some food, and then just uh, continue. So I, I'm starting to make up um, decent time. Actually, I'm sorry. I looked here. That's, it was a 13 minute faster. Long point was eight minutes. This was 32 minutes and 19 minutes. So that's a solid 13 minutes faster between the mileages and in and out of the aid station. Um, nothing much changes in the next, uh, well, two things, I guess. So nothing changes in the mileages I'm doing very consistently from this next one to the halfway point, which is where I met you last year. And, um, but I'm just maybe slightly, I'm starting to get faster as in compared to last year, but I'm very consistent in the mileages or the pacing that, that I was looking to do again, spot you know, spot checking. I'm within a minute to 30 seconds on, on most of my mileage paces. Uh, then I, I start getting a little faster uh, in about the last five miles in. So miles 45 through 50, but that's where last year coming in, I was, t I told you when I was changing, I had, um, I was starting to really have that, that I'm gonna call it knee pain. It was like upper calf pain last year that my knee was locking up and I was just, I wasn't able to do any running last year and walking was obviously slower this year was just run walking sticking with it and i may or may not have started to get last year i was blistering terribly it had rained and the blisters were terrible my knee was hurting just everything was starting to really fall apart going into that halfway point to see you last year and it never got any better this year um blisters were starting i mean but it can and it wasn't anything, and this now comes back to, I said I did a 50-miler in September. Um, I did the Tuscador 50-miler in early September. And when I say no great, amazing stories from that race, and I went out, they have a 100-miler, they have a daytime 50, they have the start at the same time, the 100, and they have a nighttime 50. Some people are calling it the back half 50, although it's it's a loop course. So it's really, it's not like you're doing the back half of a course. You're just running through the night. So I went out and did that 50 miler, um, slightly spoiler alert, finished it, uh, maybe slightly slower than the pace that um, I would, you, you and I had talked after that race as in a little bit like, well, and you were extrapolating it out. Like if you do this, you're going to miss the the rim to river and you're not wrong with that is i finished that 50 miler in 1629 the cutoff for rim to river is 32 hours so that would have put me an hour slower to i would have missed the rim to river cutoffs but the part behind tuscazor was as i was out there in that race um i again my feet were blistering starting at about mile what i don't know let's just say 20 it makes no difference but so about 20 to 50 feet were blistering, but I just kept pushing through and at, cause I had already had blisters at Heiner. I had blisters at this race and I'm like, well, this is just something that's going to happen. I'm just going to deal with it. Like it's not fatal. I can keep pushing through. So going into the 50, the halfway point here, 
Um, looking at, again, last year's uh, Rim to River, I went into mile split 50 at, at uh, about 49, let's say, at 15 hours and six minutes cumulative into the race. This year, again, just these little consistent, a little bit per mile, but aid stations, I made it into the aid station at uh, 13.28. So almost a full hour and a half faster now in this year's race than I was uh, at last year's race. And that's where I then picked up, again, I didn't change my socks or shoes, but I changed my clothes. It's dark, it's nighttime. And, um, you know, so put on some, put on some warm clothes, take some spare clothes, pick up Karen as a pacer and fairly quick, obviously, you know, aid station, uh, in and out, uh, like Lloyd's, uh, when I say Lloyd's on me and we're, we're, I'm, I'm in and out. I think I spent a half hour with you last year when I was getting ready. It was about a half hour at that aid station before I really got, got moving, got going. It was 20, it was a solid 20 minutes at least. And again, I think we were in and out of the aid station five minutes, maybe, maybe seven. It this may have been a longer one, but it was not a, a, I didn't, I don't know, just in and out, we were gone. And uh, Karen and I then are starting to backtrack that section that you and I did last year. And um, again, I, now I say I'm feeling a little bad. Karen's fresh and Karen's a much faster runner. I've already said that, but she's there to pace me. And I pick up Karen and very consistently now at night, my mileages had dropped from, let's just say, 14, 15 during the day to 18 and 20s at night. And that was that was planned. I, I don't, I knew I was going to go slower because I didn't want to, I didn't want to twist something or fall. Or... Okay. So again, my plan at this point, it was planned to slow down. And like I said, I knew at this, um, I was an hour and a half, let me say hour and a half, two hours ahead. Like, my math may not be perfect right now, but the idea was I knew I had so much time and I don't want to say banked, but I was ahead of cutoffs by this. So as long as I stayed in the, you know, um, right around a 20 plus or minus a few minutes, I was going to be uh, okay. And so again, I felt a little bad, like I said, at the time going slow. And I said to Karen a couple of times, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm going slower, but like, this is what I need to do in order to finish this thing. And she's like, no, this is your race. This, you're doing great. Keep going, keep going. So, uh, nothing, no good stories between, you know, uh, the, the 50 to 58, it's just, you know, consistent mileage and, you know, pacing. The only thing like a spot check as again, last year, uh, with you, but I was hurting this, nothing with you, obviously. And you felt bad for me at the time. My mileages went from 20 to 24 to 24 to 27. And the, when I said the final downhill mile, because I, when I said running, it was, barely walking last year and that's how i knew i was done i had like a 28 minute downhill mile into the last aid station into the, what was going to be my final aid station last year which is the fayette station uh a second time well you had to sit down last year on the little guardrail. i sat on it oh yeah that's it i sat on a guardrail and i didn't and that was worse than than anything um but yeah so i mean looking at it that way um <clears throat> the just looking at the last four miles of last year i 24, 24, 27, and I had an uh, eight, uh, 18 minutes to go three quarters of a mile. This year was 20, 21, 18, and then Karen and I picked it up because it was that downhill section, and I actually ran a downhill, uh, you know, 12, 35 into that final mile, uh, you know, so into that, just already obviously feeling better. Um, so at that point, Mile 58, now we're getting ready to tackle going up the big hill. And that's what last year, um, Ryan was there. He was there now, what, an hour, two hours before me? And he was unable to He was unable to go on this when his race ended. So he was geared up and ready because he was going to now pace me through the night, um, literally almost all the way through the night. He was planning to go from aid station, oh, I'm getting right down here. He was going back with me from Fayette to canard which is 20 miles is it 20 22 miles or something yeah, 22, 22 miles, miles yeah. yeah it starts going up that mega hill um so two things not tell his story but and very briefly and that's we went up that hill and it's like the 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 
it, it looks like a beast, I guess. And for most people it is, but when, once you conquer it, it doesn't seem as bad. And uh, we got to the top of it and you know, Ryan had said, man, I wish I had done this. I wish I had continued last year. He says, cause that hill was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And he said, I think we would, we, you know, I would have done much better. So him and I had a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda talks as we're up there. And I'm not saying any great stories occur during this section. The one aid station I, I did then um, when you're coming back, instead of the, you have the long point aid station, then they have an extra one because instead of the out and back um, that we did during the day to that Thurmond, they have a unique section where they just keep almost like spiraling you around up on top of the, up on top of the ridge. And they have a net, another aid station tucked in there that they only use. And uh, I think it's called Arrowhead. And in my post race, like they send a survey, I actually had said that that aid station was almost a little too good as in, I almost lost Ryan as my pacer there. They had a campfire going, they had a television set up playing movies. It was just, it was an awesome atmosphere. It could have been like the Bermuda triangle. You enter it and you just may not leave that one. Like it was very tempting, especially, and I'm not saying we get dizzy, but we spent four hours, maybe three hours. I forget how long on that Ridge, just going in circles, essentially. I mean, there's you're not when you look at it and zoom in, the trails are, but you consistently see, you know, perception and distance is all skewed. You're so tired at that point. Plus, it's so when I say far off, like somebody could be 50 yards away, but they look like they're a mile off, or they look like they're 10 feet away, and all you see is a headlight, and you can you feel like you're going to keep circling back on those people, but they're either a mile ahead of you or two miles behind you on the trail, and you have no concept of where, you, or I didn't at least, of where you're going or what's going on. So the temperatures are dropping. It's getting cold. Um, we're hanging out, right? And then Ryan and I, I'm not saying, I don't want to call it an argument. We have a discussion because I knew, again, when I picked Ryan up, I had like two hours and Ryan in his head did math wrong, which I should be the one doing the math wrong. But he basically was like, you got to pick it up. You're not going to make this thing. And this is like, I don't know, let's just say midnight, two in the morning. He's saying, I got to pick this up. And in my head, I'm like, when I picked you up, like an hour ago, I had a two hour lead. There's no way I lost the two. I'm trying to do math in my head. And finally, like we figured out where his math was wrong. We were doing okay because at that point we were doing maybe 22, 23 minute miles. Um, and then when I say what it, sort of what ends up playing out, like at this point, he, we're, we're I'm deep into the race. Um, I'm looking at, I'm just taking a slight guess on the mileage here, but I believe it's these miles. And we're at 23, almost 24 minute miles. And we're, but I'm 23 three hours into the race because there was the time change at this yeah, point that's but, the, what I was gonna but bring it did yeah. yeah so uh, but anyway so there i'm 20 i believe it's this mile and there's i'm 22 hours i'm 23 hours into this race and ryan we just got over this math issue that we were having ryan actually said he was fault he was pretty tired at that point he he said it he actually stopped and said, I don't know if you saw I almost walked off the edge I'm like oh I, my head was down I was looking straight at the ground in front of me and um, I, I was starting to get tunnel vision at that point, like where just things are getting fuzzy, almost like you have the horse blinders on. And um, I don't want to say worse in a bad way, but obviously when I say this is the worst part of the race, it's I'm so tired at this point, you know, and so Ryan he said he, he almost walked off the trail because he's tired and like starting to like just almost sleepwalk on us. You're just, just monotonous, just trying to get the miles in it, it very consistent and um so finally he said to me he said hey he said he said i'm cold so you have to be cold and i'm like no i'm fine and ryan said well let's come on let's just stop and put our extra clothes on so we had them with us so i had had a pair of tights um well obviously tights you were close to your skin so at this point i did i stopped pulled my stuff off i i literally pulled my shorts off in order to put my um tights on to get an extra <laughs> layer of warmth and there's uh is it a saturday night naked in the canyon <laughs> <laughs> yep national park national park i didn't get the citation in the mail yet but yeah so there's a saturday night live skit something in a box i think um so i'm just gonna say something gorge, in, the it in a gorge sorry yeah so, so, wait so, when you're waving in the wind at 28 degrees it really wakes you up it is it is better than espresso uh so instantly uh because when i say i was so tired at this point i wasn't going to quit the race but i was 
in my head, I, I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm getting to the next day station and I'm going to crawl in the back of the car and I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to just lay I'm going to take a five minute nap. And if I don't wake up, I don't wake up, whatever. I don't care if I miss cutoff. It's fine. Like uh, Anyway, so then as soon as you get a little bit of cold air, it wakes you up instantly. Um, at that point, at that aid station, we're back at that canard. Um, Karen and Lloyd, uh, they had went and got some sleep and Karen, Lloyd and Heather met us. Lloyd, like I said, aid station uh, ninja, like he has like a puffer coat that like he's throwing a puffer coat over me to keep me warm. Um, but we're, we're, when I say in and out fairly quickly, um, I will make the comment two ways. And that is, I didn't sit down for the entire race, except for twice uh, in the little blue houses, if you know what I mean. So this was one of those. I had a quick pit stop. I then reapplied body lube, put some warm, dry clothes on, and then and Pete, in your Slack Packers group, I did say how many changes of clothes. I think I went through five five or six changes of clothes. So when I said I changed my clothes every time, you know, shirt as in either a T-shirt or a tank top, jacket, vests. I, I was changing mittens. I was changing everything. So I always tried to have clean and dry stuff when I was heading out. And uh, Karen picked me. You know, I picked Karen up then. That was Hold on one sec about, before, we, before we hit this yeah. last, last kind of section. Um, yeah. a few things. One, this yeah. is the time where, you know, so this is over what you just did with Ryan was overnight. That's the section I was supposed to do with you. So I'm, yes, I'm really, yes. I'm not sleeping. I'm like trying to follow along and I, yeah. and, and I'm in the middle of the night. So like I'm sleep deprived too. And I am deathly afraid that nobody else is thinking about this time change issue because <laughs> it is the fall. You've been worried for months about this. I, 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 it's that fall back, right? And they don't, so they just don't observe it in the race, but your clock and your watch are automatically changing yeah. unless you tell it not to, which is, yeah. you know, difficult in terms of then remembering to turn it back, right? Like yeah. most people are just going to let it happen. So when Ryan is doing that math out there, I'm like, yeah, because he's looking at the wrong time. Um, at oh, see, some, at, I know, yes I know at no. first what Ryan's wasn't. problem was, what Ryan's problem was is he knew, and I'm going to, if I get the numbers wrong, I'm sorry. When Ryan jumped in with me, he, we, he looked at it and said, well, we have 12 hours to get X. And then he said, but he, or, or, and then, then he said, or he said, but then there's 10 hours. So he knocked two hours off. But then didn't use that. He was using a ten hour in a calculation versus a twelve hour. So that's how he instantly took my two hour buffer away. And when he was doing the math for the paces, and and he was that's how he was off. Yeah. Well, either way, like, but he could be yeah. looking at the watch, going, "Uh oh, right." Like, because yeah. if you're not conscious of it, you uh -huh. could be doing the math wrong. So you pick him up. You've got a two hour buffer. I'm like panicking from you know nine hundred miles away or whatever I am. <laughs> that you're not that you're not like somebody's not looking out for that time change issue. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to be with my daughter, obviously like that. Yes. But I'm also like super jealous that like you guys are out there doing this and I'm supposed to be there. And I'm like it. So it all combines into this kind of like little weird. And I and I wasn't getting up updates. Right. Because you just can't get them. And no. And that, that was a conversation I had had with Heather. So like three, four parts behind everything that changed the week leading into the race. Yes, you, the original sort of plan was Karen and Lloyd weren't going to be there. You were going to um, run with me the, 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 that, so Ryan was going to run with me that first uh, eight mile, 50 to 58 that you had ran with me last year. Then I was going to pick you up to do the, that 22 mile section. Then Ryan was going to tap back in and run with me until uh, 92, eight miles left. And then I was supposed to pick up my wife to do the last eight miles in. So that was the original plan. And part of that then planning and discussion was like, there's, there's no cell phone service at this canard aid station. So the question is who travels, who and how travels to what area, because couple of these you get to them and you're out of cell phone service the entire time you're sitting there. So 
I could be up on the ridge hurt and I'm out of this thing. And so do you sit on the ridge and wait to hear from me that I'm good and you have X amount of lead time to get out of the hotel and get down to the aid station? Or you just go sleep at the aid station, sit there and wait for me to show up between this three hour span. And what do I do? Look for you and wrap on the car. What, like there, there was a lot of discussion on how, how and what to do and, and so forth. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that was it. I mean, that was, that was pretty much it. I mean, it was just like one of those situations where um, those of us who like to have some control over what's happening and you have no control and you can't get updates. And so then your mind, my mind started spiraling into, I wonder what's happened. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, obviously I know you're in good hands between Heather and Ryan and Karen and, and Lloyd and, you picking up Karen was like one of the bigger things to me just because of all her experience at this point, because I'm just going to give you my perspective. And as you get into this last section to let you go all the way through here, yeah, these last 20 miles are really, I mean, this is all that you, you make it to 80. A lot of races fall apart past 80 because of, a mental game more than a physical game. A lot of the time, right? As long as you've kept up your physical, you know, taking in calories. And so assuming that you've kept yourself okay through there, nobody is, is meant to go a hundred miles. So it's your mind dragging you along. And now you've got Karen who has a lot of experience at that point to be able to, I don't know who, yeah, I don't know who was. Keep, I assume Ryan was keeping in contact with them because, to this point, and let's back up a couple things. Karen, you, you, Wayne, poetic about her amazing exploits this year that are just mind bending to me. How great she did at everything. That's a whole separate show. Uh, but as such, I had never really even spoken to Karen. I talked to Karen through the year. How'd you do this and that? But I never asked Karen to come. I had no expectations because ultimately. She did four 100 milers. She didn't know how she was going to feel because her pre her last one was just a just what three four weeks before like, and that's number four for the year. So even to that point, because she had said her and Lloyd were going to come down just to see me at the A station. She wasn't even saying or feeling like she was. Wasn't even saying she was going to run whatsoever. So even until driving down, it was like Schrodinger's cat. Well, if she does, then there's this. But if she doesn't, then I was basically planning on at that point. If I had to do, I could do the first eight myself without her pick up Ryan to get me through the overnight section. And then I was planning to like, well, I'll just do that flat section by myself going back out. So even coming back in down the hill, I mean, you're talking, I'm, I'm 24 hours into the race and I didn't know, wasn't even quite sure if I was, if I was picking Karen back up at that point, I, I didn't know. Um, but I assume Ryan was keeping them updated or they just set alarms or they talked to Heather. I honestly don't quite know how that played out right now. I don't know those details, but I know Ryan was keeping Heather updated at least with roughly when we were going to be back at that aid station to, to the point when I say the timing worked out, we're that final mile coming to descent back down in the road to that uh, mile 82 aid station. Heather, just driving down the road past us. So she's getting there within 10, 15 minutes of us getting ready to go to the aid station. And then right on her, her heels were Karen and Lloyd were coming back in. And I said, so I get to that aid station and Lloyd bundles me up and Karen's, she's got a running gear on. And she said, I'm going, I'm going to go with you. And I'm, that was, and I, not spoilers, but if we went with the original plan, if I went with, you know, with you and then Ryan and then Heather it would not have been the same race, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would have made uh, made the times that I was making because Karen was. She is again like I was a metronome for the first 30, 40 miles of this race, and sh- then you pick up, and that's the point behind a pacer, and she is just amazing at this. I mean, she was just deadly consistent, mile after mile after mile after mile, like. Walking, run, if we did, it was mostly walking from when I picked her up at mile 80 until 90, spoiler, until what, 94, 95? Like there was, it was a lot of walking. It was just very, very, very consistent, mile after mile after mile. And she, so you will get get out of mile 82, aid station, canard. 
and then there's another once-off aid station, Erski. But so I said, you follow that that rail trail, that that railroad back along the bottom. You hit that aid station, which is at the base of what's going to be your next climb, and then you climb just for miles. I mean, I'd have to go look at the the chart to see exactly what it is, but it's at least I'm going to say three miles of just ascent, climbing all the way up to this ridge line to get back to the final aid station, which is um, 80, I'm sorry, mile 92. So, and my Garmin data ends right there. And no, I say that one of the things I planned, the only thing I did not execute on was that I had planned, I knew my watch would make it. I had two or three spots where I had a battery pack that I was supposed to pick up, plug my watch in and keep going. But as I got tired, I just forgot about it, completely forgot about it. So my Garmin and and because my watch died at that point at mile 92 uh so at mile 92 and karen i wasn't sure if she was going to tap out at 92 or keep going karen stayed in it uh she said she because at that point i think lloyd was really wanting to go because he had ran out like a mile or i walked out a mile onto the road and he had like met us and he was like you're doing great keep going and then he kind of asked like two or three times like asking karen uh, you could tell like he was like, "Oh, what do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna uh, go ahead and stop here? Do you want me to go ahead and go with Rob?" And she's like, "No, I'm gonna keep going." And he said, "Are you sure?" And um, you know, so there was a little bit of the husband and wife back and forth. I think Karen really wanted to see it through yeah. uh, at that point. Uh, so, and I'm not comparatively after coming off the the big climb that we just did. I mean, there's three more hills that we're gonna go up and down, or at least between here and the end. But it's a lot of just rollers can compared to mountains but um we get in and out quick aid station change and um you know just change our gear um but at that point i took i was going to take my battery pack trying to get my watch just to power off of it and lloyd said no take mine which i ended up taking his and again i'm tired i'm not paying attention i had his watch on my right wrist i usually wear it on the left there's no whatever and but as i'm wearing it now as i'm running every time my my wrist bends the watch is beeping and hitting laps and i don't know what i was even thinking why i took it because i don't know how to patch a garment bow together or whatever so whatever so i ended up without any of that but karen i want to say sort of has me um worried as then like because karen a couple of times has kept saying we got you got to pick it up you got to keep going faster you got to keep going faster so now i'm past mile 92 i'm obviously way farther than i've ever been i'm tired karen my metronome pacer is telling me i need to go faster i need to try this and so like we're i'm walking as fast as i can finally at some point she actually took i think a couple videos she had me running a little bit near the end and she's she sent them sent you some videos and um running 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 going running blah 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 and so i say all that like just jump to it I, i'm gonna finish the last miles of downhill mile i or uh, so i i run downhill lloyd meets us out at the end of the parking lot and and, and so the last 200 yards three of us are coming in and then they peel off and then i get across the finish line and it was like 3120 like we had like a 40 minute buffer like i was so concerned that i was not going to make i had no idea what time it was how long i was out there and karen had me scared like i wasn't going to make it and she she just wanted me to get the best time i could which apparently was 40 minutes before cutoff which was fantastic uh so then make the the race director hands me a belt buckle hands me a a handmade pottery mug they they the glass you drink from that's part of the thing they give away and congratulates me and you know, hugging my wife and then Karen and, um, you know, Lloyd and it, it all, when I say comes together real quickly, like you're, you've trained for this thing for two years and all of a sudden it's over. And at that point, I'm just jumping to a different story, um, that there's a lady, she walks up to me and she's like, hi, are you my Tuscazor buddy? And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm so tired. I mean, 31 hours of, of continuous movement. And I had ran 15 miles maybe of that 50 miler in ohio with this with with this lady completely at that point had forgot that she was going to be at there and she had just finished the 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 100 miler and she had finished the the trifecta so she did the the 50k the 50 miler and the 100 miler there um you know through the year so i know i remember i talked i spent hours with that lady out in ohio but i'm i'm coming off a high everything's all 
buzzing. And so I talked with her for a few minutes and then I actually kind of like introduced her to Karen. I said, Karen, look, cause they had this real special jacket. So I'm like, cause Karen's already going to do two out of these three races next year. I think she's just, you know, should sign up to do the hundred miler as well. And she's already seen it. She knows, she knows the hardest part. She can do it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know when I say comes together real quick and that's that. So half running with these guys and then, change my clothes they get on the road get back to pittsburgh and heather and i get on the road to get back to go get our kids from family and that's it i don't know i mean mission accomplished yeah i mean it's pretty awesome i mean you've got some definite you know the aid stations i think were a huge key because because that 40 minutes has disappeared if you spend as much time as you did the year before right that 40 minutes was already eaten up um, just on those front half aid stations yeah. again i mean here's here's eight minutes here's 10 minutes here's 10 minutes there's i mean that's 20 30 right minutes be- between three aid stations and and that's just three out of five on the way out yeah and, yeah and that's yeah yeah absolutely i mean and obviously mental toughness comes in and experience right and and so yes. and, and then the type of pacing that you had was great you know, all around between what Karen was able to do and, and Ryan mm-hmm. in that overnight section, which is, which yeah. is the toughest part of the race. That overnight is, is difficult because yeah. you're typically asleep. That's what your body wants to do. Yep. So you have to yep. overcome that. And then you get right before dawn, you get that awful feeling and it's the worst. Yep. And, and you were able to get through that. And then once yep. you did, once you get to 80 and you pick up Karen, like I, I didn't have much doubt at that point yeah. like, that you were gonna <clears throat> you were gonna get there and so you said your first half of the race was in 1330 is that right the first 15? uh yep yep so it did take almost 18 hours to complete that the back half. that back half of the race right so just short of it so yeah. it just shows to me how how I, I think a lot of people who are inexperienced with with hundreds look at Okay, 13.30, so maybe I lose an hour, so I'm at 28 hours. That's not the uh-huh. way it works. I mean, in, in, no. unless you are really, really good, that's usually yeah. not the way it works. It's much more what you did, which was yes, taking 16, 17, 18 hours to get through. And, you know, what Karen was saying at the end there, I think, I know 40 minutes seems like a lot, but if you dally... 12 minutes per mile over those last three miles you're now you're you know you're barely cut off right she didn't say it to me maybe she did and i missed it but then later when it's while we were running she just kept saying you got to go you got to go pick it up and very much her thought on it which was very correct she said i've been to these races where a hundred is not a hundred, it's a hundred one, it's a hundred two, yep. and she and at that point again, again, hey, uh, again, I don't have the last miles I have to go to her Garmin, but if I'm putting down a twenty twenty one minute mile, if the race course is a mile and a half long, that's you're barely that's making the entire it. time budget right there. And so yep. she said, you can always be, you can always finish early, but if the race is long, you got to make sure you, you're across the finish line at the at the, the final bell. And yeah, that's I what mean, that's what she was aiming for, and it was it was that is. That is hard earned knowledge right there. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so. ultras are notorious for not being exact measurements, right? Short yeah. happens, but they're typically long. So yes. um, that that's, that's where experience comes in. But I mean, huge congrats to you. I mean, that's super inspiring, a two year journey. And now you get to take, um, you know, time away from running and get back to your first love of cycling. Huh. Right. First love is family, but no, yeah. Going to get back to some cycling. And when I say definitely give back year is coming up, uh, um, people ask what, are you going to do another one next year? And the answer, no, it'll, it'll be, I'm not saying these are off the table forever. I said that last year, um, but definitely not going to sign up for one. Um, I would love to maybe see if I can get out and pace, uh, maybe give back to Karen, give back to Ryan. You know what I mean? They paced me, they got me there. Um, you know, so, I, I maybe if, if Lloyd's doing a race, maybe I'll go try to help him at an aid station. You know what I mean? Like I want to give back to the, to everybody that's given given to me over the last two years here, and um, you as well, Pete. Obviously, you get out there and do something, but I think you're a little past um, organized events. That's a conversation we've had many a times. You know, so well, we can have, have your hikes, stuff, but, but nothing maybe, that needs uh, <laughs> nothing that needs yeah, pacers, disgusting. But. 
Well, yeah, but just get out there and be with the people and just we're going to take a year to, to enjoy it. And then maybe in a couple of years, um, maybe in a couple of years, give, give, let's say give another shot, give another one of these another shot at some other point. But, you know, I'm coming into like, going, going back to this year. Cause a lot of my training was, you know, 10 to 12 mile runs, pushing the girls in the stroller. Well, Hey, n- n- this year, next year, and the following, they're just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And they're not going to want to sit in the stroller for, for a two hour run, you know? So it's going to be, you know, family time. And then whenever they're, they're past worrying about that, we'll, circle back around and see what else we can do. Well, there you go, man. Well, thanks for joining and thanks for the update. Super inspiring, yeah. which means Wish that- I had some amazing on the course stories, but the fact of the matter is it's just con- consistency and, and monotony is what pays off in this case. Right. Hey, I don't, have to take it. don't know how to say that differently, but that's that nothing wrong with that. So awesome, man. Well, I think everyone else should get out there and be better today. <laughs>